no reason they just put this fruit. Best part of Christianity. Anyways, <laughs> all frisky. I respect you, Catherine, but you suck at this. Welcome to Displaced in Space, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. I'm Angelina. And I'm Sam. And we're recapping the series as we watch each episode for the first time. We don't know what happens to the characters or whether the crew gets home, but we're definitely along for the ride. And today we're talking about the episode titled Innocence, Season 2, Episode 22. It was written by Lisa Klink and Anthony Williams and directed by James L. Conway. It first aired on April 8th, 1996 to 5.1 million homes. IMDB says this is the one where after crash landing on a sacred haven, Tuvok attempts to save three abandoned Drayan children from the messenger of death. I say this is the one with the original Star Trek effects. And so it turns out that the children are all old people, and they come to the moon to die. What did you dun, think dun, of this dun, episode, dun, Angelina? Um, I think that you just spoiled the entire episode. No, we, had, we just talked about it for a very long time, didn't we? Did it not make it into the into the edit? No, uh, we're done. We're done. It's we just over. have to discuss this. Podcast out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've delayed... Um, watching this episode the second time, we delayed taking notes for this episode, we delayed recording this podcast. And, um, and, um, just, uh, just let you guys know, we decided to let our dog stay with us to be, um, what is emotional companions as we get us. through this episode. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So if you hear any pitter-pattering of feet, it's because we needed our dogs in here. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was because, uh, Voyager went to the dogs. <laughs> In this episode. I noticed, too, that, like, so we really liked Deadlock. Yes. The episode from last week. The best episode. And then I noticed that it it was, like, three weeks or so between episodes. So that means that, like, anyone who saw Deadlock was like, this is incredible. And then they wait three whole weeks. And then this episode comes on. And you're like, oh, no. "Mm, I don't know about this Voyager. Yeah. (laughs) But no, we'll we'll discuss this. We'll get through it. We'll try to look at it in a positive light as much as possible. It's just not that great of an episode. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, you want to start us off? Oh, yeah. So... We're on a moon. Um, it's a one of again. It goes back to like it, it reminded me so much of the original Star Trek, down to like the the scenery, which um, was clearly on a backstage, like a, a soundstage, yeah, um, with greenery. So we're on this moon, and um, it was like this really actually um, sad scene. It starts with like a very downer scene. They killed a crewman 
like literally just out of nowhere for no reason. Yeah. And it was like really sad because he guess he didn't have any family back at home and there's nobody waiting for him. And at first he thought he was so lucky, but now that he's dying, he feels like it's just sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find out that he probably had like a little will they, won't they romantic relationship with someone on the ship who's going to be so sad that he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and and Tuvok's like, using that relationship to try to encourage him to stay, stay alive. Uh, yeah, keep yeah. fighting, but he can't, like, he's he, he can't fill his body anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. getting worse. And so for no reason, for no reason, they just killed this crewman. Yeah. It's like, we already had like so much... Um, like death and destruction on the previous episode. Yeah, do we really need to and kill then, I mean, this one? There's one more guy. Yeah, for this episode, which and again, it doesn't tie in. Like it has no tie in. Like he mm-hmm. just kill him for no reason. Which you know, I guess it makes sense because here you are out and here doing all this stuff, and like you know, chances of you making it back to the Delta Quadrant really aren't very high. You know. Yeah. So it's it's. But this was just like a random shuttle crash. You know, something yeah. they do all the time. Is go down to to planets or moons in this case, but yeah, he just didn't make it up. But like you said, it, it, he he dies. This we we're introduced to this ensign just so that he dies, and then it which is there's nothing no, wrong with that. But then there's it has no bearing on the rest it of has the episode. Like no emotional impact, and all. especially because this episode, if, if this episode kind of deals with anything, which I don't really think it does in any obvious way, but if it does, it deals with um like. Um, something that they've explored before, but just like death rituals, um, yeah. afterlife beliefs. beliefs, and things like that. And so Tuvok has to um, not dispose of it. He has to like save uh, it. Yeah, keep keep Bennett's body around for his own death ritual. Right, but they never really addressed that. And they could have. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's one of the many sort of missed opportunities in this episode. Yeah, so he just dies, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah and you're like, oh. you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit, like, oh, granted, completely different when um, Buffy's the vampire's mom dies of cancer. Oh, and she just right. dies. And was like, it can or wasn't it? She uh, got a I, shot in the head. No, it was like a uh, aneurysm. Like a, aneurysm. Yeah, yeah right? she survived cancer or something. Yeah, she right? survived. Can- yeah, brain aneurysm. I didn't watch that show, but so I don't know why I know that. <laughs> I don't know why I know any of this. <laughs> but good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all I know about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I guess I watched it casually, which is why I thought it was cancer, not brain aneurysm. <laughs> but yeah, no brain aneurysm. She's died, and it was like just like you know, with all just the supernatural sudden. things that were happening on Buffy, and as strong as Buffy was, and as like you know, powerful as she was, she couldn't ever, she couldn't stop, and she couldn't bring her mom back from death or whatever but that was like a whole arc like there was a whole season of Buffy dealing with that it served a purpose it served a purpose and like this is just as a random of a death but it didn't serve any purpose even for the episode which was sad which was sad to me just like randomly killed off this person essentially Tuvok could have been alone in the shuttle the shuttle crashed he meets the children the episode would have played out the exact same same way way. (laughs) he just wouldn't have paid this guy who is Ensign Bennett to to do a death scene. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And like, again, because it goes, there, nothing comes back to it. Nothing. No. Okay. So anyways, uh, at this point, he he uh, has the, he's uh, got the body in stasis and a child emerges out of the surrounding jungle 
and you're like, oh no, not a child. A child episode. Remember we were talking about like, oh, children on the on the thing, but then when you see a child, you're like, oh no, no. Yeah, no, just <laughs> we just need very quiet babies like baby wildman. That's what we need. <laughs> not actual children, children that can talk and be mischievous and rambunctious. Yeah. So she tries to run from Tuvok, but he grabs her, manhandles her. <laughs> the question about where he is, um, she came on a ship that also crashed. Her parents are dead, and her name is Tressa. But Tressa was just a scout, and so when they found out that Tuvok wasn't, like, a danger and that they could trust him, she calls out the two other uh, kids to come out. Yeah. Um, but they're the only ones on this moon, so the moon is, like, a desolate moon, even though it has, like, beautiful shrubbery and stuff. Um, but everyone else on her ship died, on their ship, on the children's ship, have died. Um, but, of course, Tuvok is going to, like, you know, protect them. And get them safely home if he can. Yeah. And then they hug him and you're like, oh, God. It's all, it's so, it's supposed to be so, like, adorable or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, ah. And these kids are, like, mm, eight, nine. Somewhere around there. And, like, I am a second grade teacher and, like, kids do hug you. I'm not going to say they don't hug you. But they don't, like, hug, like, you within the first day of meeting you right or the first five minutes of meeting you like you have to build a relationship before they feel comfortable hugging you i, I guess the idea was there these ones are so desperate that they're just so that, happy that he's gonna protect yeah them. he's gonna protect them and it, i guess because ultimately maybe they have some sense of why they're on this moon to begin with so you know not only are they going to protect him from the crash and and or, or protect them from the crash and surviving in the jungle but also like maybe they'll he'll help them avoid their fate, you know? Yeah. Because we find out at the end of the episode that the Tressa girl, basically somewhere in the back of her mind, she did understand what was going on and why she was on the moon. Yeah. So, And one of the kids was, um, did we decide it was Stephanie's friend from yes. Full House? Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. That was the highlight of the episode. I can't yeah, remember what his friend's kept... name was no, on Full House, but, but he was on a lot of episodes. He was on, and he was on a lot of episodes, but he was also on a lot of other like little TV shows. Yeah, he was. Um, like, he was like the popular 90s kid. Yeah, kid actor. Yeah. Kid actor, what yeah. you think about it, and it probably is like pretty lucrative to be a child actor. Like There aren't a lot of them, mm-hmm. and so if you're good, then you're really going to be in demand. You yeah, know? yeah. But also, like they, they just pop into shows like for a couple of scenes usually they don't usually make entire shows Uh around the kids so you could probably work a whole lot Mm -hmm. you know and and child actors always turn out to be like um (laughs) well (laughs) well uh um maintained functioning human Human beings beings. yeah in their in their older lives they don't need a lot of therapy (laughs) no so there's no downside to being a child actor uh we get a captain's log and it's Janeway. Uh, she sent out some scouting parties to analyze mm-hmm. minerals on the moons around Drayan Two, and so that's what Tuvok was doing when his when his shuttle crashed. But they don't know Tuvok's shuttle has crashed yet. Um, and then she's arranged a meeting with the planet's leader, and I never caught the leader's name. I don't know if they gave her a name. Yeah, they they may have. I don't know. 
Um, and then I guess this is my favorite scene of the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, it's Chicote and Janeway doing a little walk and talk, right? And they're flirty as hell. Oh. And like Janeway's all frisky and stuff. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was still shipping them because this is adorable. I didn't see that. I, we're, we're all, <laughs> we've come all the way back around to like, you <laughs> see them flirting. And I'm just like, I think they're just cool, like, coworkers. <laughs> But it's still a lot better than when we both knew that they definitely had tension for like yeah. a very long time for, you know, several episodes yeah. in this season. Um, I, mean, they, I guess they're yeah. not going to like necessarily go back to Chakotay feeling like super bummed out that he was, was left out of yeah. the loop. Yeah. When during, yeah, that Paris is his ruse. But um, so he and Janeway, they're back on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like a really cool <laughs> conversation. Or, or as you say, they're potentially uh, future lovers. So either way. And but um, no, was, I'm going to say it was flirty. It was flirty as hell. It was flirty as hell. No. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Mm. Um, Chicote tells Janeway that there's rumors about the Drains that they're very private, but they're not really hostile. And then Jane. <laughs> This made us laugh because like Janeway's all. I always look forward to first contact opportunities. I always got like jealous of when when she says when I was just a science officer, I'd always um, be envious when the captains got to do like first contact um, uh, situations. And um, but we're like, you're so bad at you're diplomacy. Not, you're so bad at diplomacy, and you're like, well, maybe this is why there's not a lot of science officers who make it to captain. Yeah, and I know, like, and we don't know. Do we know at this point how long Janeway has been a cap? Is like Voyager her first command? Because I, I didn't, I didn't take it that Voyager was her first command, and she. I'm just like making stuff up now, but it seems like she was probably maybe captain of some science vessel, like a like a strictly a, a science, science vessel, vessel, you know? I'm or sure maybe she... several. Like she seems like she's got some years under her belt in command. I think so too, yeah. But um so so when was that, you know? And and then I wonder too, like so while she's in the Delta Quadrant, she's missing all of like the professional development uh, conferences <laughs> about diplomacy yeah. and things. And mm-hmm. and so that's why I wonder, or well, maybe she is kinda new because she's not really good at diplomacy, so she maybe hasn't had a whole lot of experience with it. Yeah. But maybe you wouldn't, in my little fan fiction that I'm writing right now, maybe you wouldn't as a science uh, vessel captain. Yeah. Well, you think you would because you would need to go, um, you need to talk people into allowing you to go to places to explore and and, and look, uh, do scientific research. Maybe so, unless there's like, uh, there's, there's like a mm-hmm. ship that already does that, and then you come in later yeah. and you like... Um, so you don't like survey the property or whatever, kind of, you, you come in later and actually do the work on it. Um, Like maybe she would have been in charge of a mission like this where they would have been, um, looking for minerals on a, on a moon or something, you know, after all the arrangements were already made by some other vessel. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's fun to think about. Uh, not like this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, Chicote talks about his... A, a diplomatic um, sort of a faux pas that he made uh, during a mission where... Like you like, accidentally propositioned a lady. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that sounds about right. I, the only thing I was like, I was like, I bet it wasn't an accident. <laughs> uh, the Drayan leadership beams aboard. Uh, it's about it's about three of them. They wear these like veils. Yeah. Um. 
and they, they look, look very like, like um, yeah you they look kind of like uh, Amish or like esoteric very harsh mm-hmm yeah the veils are are they're like a gray color um yeah they themselves are very like um kind of monotone sort of yeah and like they seem like extremist yeah 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 but Janeway and Chicote they you know they greet them they're they're trying their best and the Drayans say that they were intrigued by the story of Voyager's long journey home. So normally they're a pretty private mm-hmm. civilization or society, but um, but they did want, kind of want to check out what's going on with Voyager. And then they Janeway takes her uh, takes the the diplomatic envoy around the ship, and the Drayan leader kind of recoils a little at. The fact that Janeway's showing off Voyager's, like, technology. Because, right. like, Janeway takes her into engineering, shows the warp core. And the Drayan ancestors um, ended up valuing technology over people. And so society, their society had to correct themselves. So that's why I guess they're more, like... Against. Yeah. they, they Like you say, I mean, that, that kind of ties into, like, sort of the Amish yeah. beliefs, too, yeah. that you noticed, you know? That's like, true. We're not we're not trying to devote our lives to technology, right? We want to focus on people and our society and things like that. So, so already, you know, Janeway's kind of off on the wrong foot already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we go to the planet and Tuvok, or not the planet, the moon. And Tuvok says the children were lucky they survived their crash. But then Tressa says that the attendants protected them. So, like, you already spoiled it. So, these are old people. Um, and so, it's like, I don't know. I guess this is where, like, I'm ageist, I guess. Because, it's like, the attendants must be younger than these older people. The older people are literally going to this planet to die or, like, whatever. And so, it's like, why would you protect them if they were already going to die? And then you'd cut your life short. For that, I just think that's so weird. Yeah, I guess it because and they don't really. They tell us it's a. They keep kind of telling us it's a sacred ritual that these that these well, they're not children that these elderly people are going to um, experience. But they they you still never really get the sense of how sacred it is from them. You know. Yeah. When the drain leader talks about it, some of that might be why. You know. Yeah. They value it so much that you give your life so that an old person can experience yeah yeah yeah. maybe yes uh tuvok is trying to repair a shuttle so that they can leave um the kids promise that they're going to be good but of course they don't they act well they act they look like they act like Mm four-year-olds so these are like eight-year-olds and like eight-year-olds you give them a task to do like you need to be quiet they will do that. Mm. They, they, it's not like, it's not like kindergarten. It's like second grade. You're already well into like your ability to like do things and do things quietly or do things like for long periods of time without, um, immediately just jumping into losing like focus, losing and, focus. Yeah. Especially but, because they already have like this built in respect for Tuvok. Right. Yeah. And he's trying to do something. He's trying to get them off the moon. But like so like that Something they want. Something they want. Yeah. Um so but instead they act like four year olds. Like they <laughs> Yeah, it's almost even it almost feels like even though they're little kids, the actors are 
doing a little kid voice. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they are. They're yeah. like, oh, you guys don't sound enough like little kids. You need to be more whiny. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they and like, like they took that direction. And they're like, okay, I'll sound like my four-year-old brother. Yeah, yeah. and that's what they did, and yeah. it's weird. Um, but again, I feel like most most people who write children can't write them. <laughs> right. They're like weird. They, they People just don't understand children, I guess, or I don't know. It's hard you do, you do understand children. Most people have children. You see children. But, like, somehow it doesn't translate onto film very well. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's like they have to, like, dumb children down or something. Yeah. yeah. Or make them too good or make them too not good. I don't like know. One-dimensional. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and then Tuvok, of course, like, corrects them or moves them around. And they're just, you know, acting... It, it, yeah, it's cute. It's supposed to be cute. It's like you see like Tuvok, the Vulcan trend, like, um, and then you see like the opposite of like these little kids who have no control, you know. But it's I don't know. And and when we first watched it, I I told you know we were trying to figure out what this episode was going to be. And at this point, I thought, oh, they're gonna sort of tell us something about Tuvok and reveal something about him because of the way that he interacts with these children. But, no. but like I told you, like I already know everything I need to know about Tuvok and the way he interacts with children because he told us how he raises his kids. Right. Uh, when he, when he explained it to Neelix in uh, whatever episode that was. Um, and it was like, Oh, okay, cool. He's cool. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's, reasonable you know because he was like i treat all my children the same mm-hmm. you know uh whether they're a boy or a girl like you know I, I just i help them live their best life or whatever so yeah. he has kids so yeah you would think like instinctively like oh let's put the vulcan fish in the water. Z- yeah but, but it's like no. he's already got kids like this isn't nothing to him yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> and the only way it's kind of a challenge for him is that they're not vulcan children and yeah. so he kind of has to um them vulcanize them, them sort of. yeah yeah, yeah. kind of calm them down and teach them some meditative techniques but they take to that pretty quickly so it's never really an issue you know it's not yeah. like like you say the fish out of water or like a mr mom like situation type of thing yeah so it's not that either the episode's not about that either <laughs> so yes. so we don't know what it is about but so far we know what it's not about yeah. And then, of course, the kids reiterate that they need to escape before midnight or the Mor- Morak will come and get them. And Morak is like the spirit of death. The spirit of death will come and get them. Which I guess, like, the Morak is true in a sense because. They do get taken. Of, they do get taken. Yeah, at midnight or and at like, nighttime. You know, and like, because of death, but like, but, he, but in their head, he's a monster. It's a monster, yeah. Yeah, but Tuvok is not afraid of any Morak, especially because he does the Morak exist. Um, but you know, the way that they imagine it, um, but they do tell him that he it took some of the other children. Yeah. So, and again, and, and if it says anything in this episode, it kind of <laughs> talks about that, like our, our tendency to, um, yeah, turn, you know, monsters or turn, turn just like benign concepts into like monsters because we fear them, you know? Yeah. Um, says a little bit about that. But it really doesn't ultimately say much about anything this episode. No, no. In sickbay, the uh, the Dreyans uh, delegation meets with the doctor and Kess. 
and the doctor's practicing his di- diplomacy skills and just trying to be charming, you yeah. know. And and he does a good job of selling selling sick bay and selling all of their their cool capabilities. And he says that um um he tells Janeway and Chakotay that Kess recently like taught him how to kind of yeah, be charming. It's so so cute. Yeah, really he did a good cute. job. Um but then while they're touring sickbay, the Drayan leader gets a message and says so she has it patched through to the doctor's office so she can like watch or listen to it privately. And then while she's gone, uh, Janeway tells Chakotay that the next step is to try to open up negotiations to see what the Drayans want in exchange for the minerals that are on the moon. And then the Drayan uh, delegation tells Janeway that they have to leave right away because of what they heard in the message. And Janeway is disappointed. And um, and then the Drayan leader says that they're going to go back to their tradition of avoiding outsiders. So they weren't, <laughs> they weren't really impressed by Voyager. Um, no, I don't know what they're wanting. Yeah, but they but once once Janeway starts hitting them with all the technology, I guess that just kind of put a bad Turned taste in their mouth. Yeah. Turned them off. Janeway says she understands and she says um, they'll have to find this mineral... Yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, the poly- poly- polytheranite, the I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere else, because they're not going to get it from these people. And you're just like, what a waste. You have all these, like, because the Native American gods or whatever, then they, and then these people, mm. they have like, these important minerals that they can't get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because of, of like, the societies that, that are surrounding them. Right. Maybe that's why those societies even have the minerals at all is because they don't, you Use know, them. yeah, or have respect for it. Yeah, for their yeah their planets and and their surroundings. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. So they so they're gonna keep them <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're out back on the moon, and of course, Tuvok is looking to find a sign of the Morak or anyone else. Um, and he tries to talk the children out of being afraid of it, you know. Um, and then, of course, they again he goes back to work so he can uh, work. And then um, they he's co- trying to continue. repair the shuttle, basically. Yeah. yeah. And the kids are act like rascals because of it. Um, again, more like no self control, like inability to sit for long periods of time, like kind of like um, when you're in a car and like the kids like he's poking me oh, yeah. kind of thing. And it's like I don't think that happens in real life. <laughs> I could be wrong, but we'll, I don't think that happens in real life. We'll find out. Uh, I guess soon so. enough. <laughs> but like. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this is so annoying. And then they, of course, have to keep asking questions, which I I do understand. Like, that happens. That's a real thing. Kids are real curious. Yeah, they will ask a lot of questions, questions. and that could break Tuvok's concentration. But, yeah, this idea that they're running around taking all of his tools and and, and mishandling them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so then he explains how to, like, attach your emotion. (laughs) <laughs> like detach from your emotions and you're like, I don't know if this is a good, I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. These, yeah. It's so funny because like, feel, because conceal. like you're like, no, you shouldn't <laughs> don't, don't feel conceal. You're like, right. oh, no. And, and both yeah. of us, we are teachers and we hear a lot about social, um, social emotional learning and really trying to get in touch with students, emotional needs and Tuvok is the complete opposite. Where he's like, oh, I know how to deal with all those emotions you're having. Detach Suppress them. them. Yeah. 
I'll, we're going to find a little cupboard in your mind where you're going to put all those emotions and I'll show you how to find it. <laughs> when you need them. Yeah. Um, and then um, the, a ship arrives and it's Dran. And, but the kids are afraid because they feel like they were put on this planet, our moon, to die. So the Dreans want to kill them. That's like their kind of reasoning. Um, so they don't want Tuvok. They don't want the Dreans to find them. And Tuvok is, he he doesn't know what's happening, but he's leery enough that he decides to hide from them. Yeah. Yeah, he trusts their children's instincts. And yeah. yeah. Um. I did like where he, they, they, of course, the children interpreted Tuvok's, uh, um, like logical ways as being like, he doesn't feel emotions. And then so he yeah. says, you know, well, then do you love your children? And I, I thought that was like a good question and something and a good, a good sort of area for them to explore with the Vulcans. And then Tuvok, even Tuvok was sort of like, um, he was hesitant to respond or he, he had to think about it, you know? Yeah. He's like, well, no, I, the, the attachment that I have for my children and my wife, like I, you, you wouldn't describe it as love. You know, it's difficult for me to describe the attachment that I have to them, Aww. you know? And I, I liked that. Cause it's like, yeah, no, it wouldn't be love, but we do know that he cares about them. Deeply. And he, yeah. So he's devoted to them. You know, I feel like it's like six on one, half a dozen of the other. Like we call it love. He can call it what he wants to, but it's all the same thing. You know, love is is like loyalty. (laughs) What is love? Tuvok, don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's still a better song than what Tuvok ends up singing later. And, um, Later on, we see Tuvok and the children. They're hiding in the jungle because a Drayan search party uh, has come down and, and is inspecting Tuvok's shuttle. Yes. And um, and the children, um, they, they tell you exactly. The kids, so the kids are like the old people or whatever. They know what they're supposed to do because they literally tell Tuvok, this <laughs> yeah. place is des- designed as a place designated for them to die so their energy is set free, which is actually what they're doing. Right. Like, we, but, I didn't spoil the episode too far ahead of them spoiling the episode. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And so, um, so they know. That's the thing. It's like they know. And I'll, that's where it's weird. It's like, how much of this is them sort of playing Tuvok? Because... He regards them as children. Yeah. They know that he thinks of them as children and they never say anything. No. And they act even more childlike. Yeah. For him. Because when um, the little leader lady comes later on in the episode, then the Tresta character, she becomes much more like an adult. She it turns just like that. She remembers her grandchild. And all that stuff. And she knows he, that she needs to go through with this process. She just didn't want to. Yeah. But it's never addressed or it's never made obvious that they all were like, this idiot thinks we're kids. So we're going <laughs> to treat do them it. The, the big kids. Yeah, they yeah. never once was a... They could have given the audience a little hint or something like kids, huh? Oh yeah, you know, yeah, we're kids, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, something like that. Like, no, she's like, yeah, we're kids, and ah. yeah, and we don't deserve this. We need to be safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because to them, they have no idea that to, 
their their aging process is reversed by our standards. Yeah. But if they've never even seen anybody else other than other Drayans, then they wouldn't even think of anything about like they, I'm an old person, you know? Yeah. Like this is what old person looks like. This is what I am. I'm an old person. Yeah. Maybe they have seen other civilizations, just... but they don't they except that like they go out of their way to tell us that the drains are private people. So, yeah. Like, yeah. it's all just so much that's, like, it's unexplained. And, yeah, muddled is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Uh, he wants to get the children to Voyager so that, you know, and they can kind of investigate the situation a little bit more. And they hug him again. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> and so then... We, You're like, I never see... I never need to see them hugging him anymore. <laughs> I know. It's like, too many, too much. So on the bridge, uh, we're back, go back on the bridge, and the crew realizes that Tuvok is missing. So they, they're they getting all their search parties back because they have to leave because the Drayans don't want them there. and um, But they can't get to Tuvok, his shuttle. But there's too much turbulence in the atmosphere over his moon for them to see anything. Um, at this point, the Drayan leader hails Janeway. And then this is where you're like, well, I guess they're private people, so they don't understand. But she's over there scolding them for her for Janeway's presence around their moon. And how dare you? This is a sacred moon. And number one, it's like, well, A, you didn't tell us that. And B, like, it from us, it just looks like a moon. Like, yeah. why, why should I have known that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we met with you and you just cut things off like right away so we never got to learn anything about you. Yeah. So you can't be mad at us that we don't understand your custom. Yeah, exactly. Um but Janeway says that they're looking for a shuttle and the leader says that they found it but the pilot is dead. But which Janeway is Bennett. Yeah, which And maybe that so maybe that's why Bennett even had to be in the episode is because they had to have somebody there and they're like they're like, yeah, he's dead. Like, you know, there's no reason for you to come down here now. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. That would be the closest thing. But they, yeah. But they focused so much on his death in the beginning. Like, he could have just died. He could have just been dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, Tuvok, we see Tuvok like shaking cobwebs off and then this guy dead. And yeah. Tuvok like checks his pulse. Yep. Nobody's dead. And then off he goes. Yeah. You don't have to see him like die this like miserable death. death yeah. yeah. Puts us death. in a bad mood to start the whole episode. Bad death. Yeah. yeah. But Janeway um, asks about Tuvok, but the leader just gets mad that there's someone on that moon that's alive. Like she's just, like, so upset about that. Uh, and Voyager needs to get him off there at once. And it's just all very like, you're the leader? Like there's no like thought, leader thought. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. She's not good at... De- Janeway's not good at dealing with other people, but this lady isn't either. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Janeway's like, well, we're trying to get him off the moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, exactly. You can help us get him off the moon. Or you can bitch to us that there's a guy on the moon and you want him off and we want him off. Yeah. yeah it's like, so weird. It's bizarre. Not only that, but she then she's like, I sh- never should have indulged my curiosity about Voyager. And I'm like, well, they already sent out the search parties before you came onto the ship. So, like, whether or not you indulge your curiosity has nothing to do with someone being on your sacred moon. Like... Yeah, and that's all weird, too, though. Like, why is Voyager on the... Like, is that what happened? Voyager went to the moon because it had the resources... And then they were like, we better negotiate about these resources. Well, and it's always what's hard is because Voyager, like, does spend a lot of time trying to extract... Mm -hmm. um, They need them. ...resources from a resource-scarce, like, 
quadrant. That's true, yeah. It It's hard because, like, not to put a value judgment, but, like, usually when someone's going someplace to from, like, a, a planet that's, in, like, innocent or, like, a, a civilization and you're extracting valuable resources from them... It, that that's the evil person. It's always yeah. It's always a one, the <laughs> one sided transaction. The leader cuts off the connection, and then Taurus can't transport anyone off the planet because of the turbulence, and recommends another shuttle. But Janeway says like, no, we're already made the trains bad. <laughs> we can't make them more mad. That, that really is the theme of this entire series, is Voyager just pissing off people. Yeah, Torres will keep working on the transporter. You're like, okay, well. Poor, poor Torres. And then down on the moon, we get maybe the most entertaining scene, even though it's not the best scene. Oh, no. Because the, it's nighttime, and the children are supposed to be sleeping. Um but they're all afraid. You can tell they're afraid that the Morak's going to come get them. Yeah. Um, Tuvok says he'll protect them, and so they need to go to sleep, right? He'll stay awake because he doesn't have to sleep. And uh, he, has, he, can, he can stay awake for four hour, days, for, four days. Yeah, yeah. He reminds me of, like, like in a and d situation. He's that yeah. character that can stay awake longer than everybody else. Yes. Yeah. Um, the children, though, they keep coming back. They keep coming back while he's trying to work. And finally, um, he, he goes, takes them back to the fire. He, he's going to put them to bed. And they were like, well, tell us a scary story. And that'll make us go to sleep. Now, I didn't know. I know kids want to hear stories as they go to sleep. I've never heard that kids want scary stories to help them go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I do know kids like to hear scary stories around campfires. Yeah. So this was, I feel like, did that all get sort of conflated to like kids want to hear scary stories around a campfire to help them go to sleep because i don't well i've never heard of that i think it goes back to like okay so and i don't think kids want to hear scary stories but like i know like from my mexican background that like the stories that we (laughs) always heard was like the weeping lady who is going to um like who killed her children and I lost them in the river. And so she eventually, she comes look, searching for her children. And if you're awake, she'll take you. Yeah. And so, like, those kind of stories are told to you as you go to sleep. Are you saying that just, all the stories are scary stories? <laughs> you always say it's like a defeatist culture or whatever. It's, a, it's, a, yeah. so it's, it's just, yeah, you hear stories, but they're scary stories. Yeah. They're sad so- stories. They're... <laughs> So it's like bedtime stories, even like if you think about like um, nursery rhymes, not nursery rhymes, but like, um, uh, what are they though? Oh, fairy tales. Like fairy tales. Grimm's, Grimm's terrifying. Fairy tales, yeah, that's They're true. They're terrifying. That's true. Um, but kids don't read them as terrifying and you don't realize that they're terrifying. Yeah, that's true. I could see that part. If he had said fairy tales, I guess, yeah. then yeah, yeah, then it so. would have clicked with me. And like, I don't think, he, did he say scary stories or he, yeah, or he yeah, was or just or about, in like, Tuvok's way, it'd be like stories designed to elicit fear or whatever. No, but like he just asked said. about like the, 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 you know, monstrous creature yeah that's what it was yeah the the He's little like, boy from story. full house says yeah tell us the story about 
such a such monster. So like he probably like, didn't realize it was a scary story, yeah. or like it's just the story that you get told as you go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you guess know? so. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Tuvok's the one who was like, "That's a scary story that's gonna make you pee the bed." Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, is that like before books or before like like large like you know the you know the print press printing and press all that, yeah. and like when you would or even like when you do if you still have like the stories or the background where your parents just like orally tell you the story instead of reading to you a book the stories are usually some sort of like graphic that's true because they're trying to teach you a lesson they're trying to teach you a lesson yeah (laughs) Yeah. go to sleep or the little Lena is gonna like kill you like (laughs) as her own child that's true so (laughs) the parents is just about getting you to sleep yeah exactly (laughs) and the kids is about hearing a story yeah so that's how we get you to sleep (laughs) now they don't have i don't think now you have as much of that because people read their kids actual books (laughs) yeah yeah and actual books aren't necessarily as you know traumatic no no they just you just hearing the words makes you go to sleep Mm -hmm. yeah um, Tuvok says what he would do to his kids was he would he would sing to them until they went to sleep and he would play his lute and uh, the kids want him to do that he's like well I didn't bring my lute <laughs> on this on this voyage or whatever <laughs> um, but he does sing the song of uh, Thalor's Journey oh. and I mean so you're you're telling me that um, that typically this is the way that you would sing when you're playing the lute. Where you said he has had that tremble in his yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool, like, detail. It was weird to watch when I don't have that background knowledge. Yeah. To me, it was just <laughs> strange and weird. But it's cool that they that they put that detail in there. So Tuvok is singing in that way, you know, with the mm-hmm. trembly voice. The words don't rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Vulcan song that's you know, would normally be like 348 Epic verses, verses or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's like terrible tremble, but yeah, that's, uh, that is the style. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then it occurred to us after we had watched the episode, I think the first time and maybe even the second, it's like that song may be, may parallel something that happened in this episode, you know? Cause mm-hmm. oftentimes like that'll happen. Like a, a character will give a poem or sing a song that's that ties into the theme of the episode or the movie or whatever you're watching. Mm-hmm. So we went back even and watched it a third time just to check the lyrics of, oh, no. of this. No. So it's just another one of those things where it's like missed opportunity, something that's just disconnected from everything else happening in this episode. Yeah. And which is two just my main like gripe <laughs> with the episode is that yeah. not, all these things just kind of happen. Yeah. Just not, none of it really ties into anything else or has any like larger meaning. It's just a bunch of events happening <laughs> until we burn through our 46 minutes of, of airtime. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're out. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the planet um, and it's daytime now. And like, so Tuvok left them all asleep and he went to go continue to work and Tressa wakes up, but everyone is gone. She looks, she runs over to Tuvok and tell, tells him what, um, that everyone's gone. And he's confused because none of his sensors picked up anything. Yeah, yeah. On the bridge, Torres says she's found um, the, sh- the Voyager's shuttle on the surface, you know, Tuvok's shuttle, but also a Drayan shuttle. And, um, but it's impossible to get a pattern lock be- on the surface of, of the moon there. And Kim says that there are life signs, 
Um, but earlier there were four life signs, and now there are only two. So those kids are dead. Yeah. And uh, Janeway wants to get, try to get down to the surface to figure out what's going on. So then we go back to the shuttle where Tuvok is, and um, Tuvok is telling her, you know, there's no, I, there's no readings, there is no more act, and so he shows Tressa how to. De- so he's like, I gotta go find these kids. So he shows Tressa how to defend herself with the phaser aboard the shuttle. She doesn't want to. She's scared. And then the one line that I really like in this whole episode is that he tells her, "We often fear what we do not understand, and knowledge is our best defense." Mm-hmm. Which is like why I'm a teacher. <laughs> no, um, but uh, so he talks to he he makes sure she's like strong, and then he leaves her, and he's like, "I have to go find them. I'll be I will be careful." So he walks into the cave, and he doesn't see a monster, but he does see the kids' clothes with no bodies, which looked so weird. Yeah, it really did look because it's like they had been laying down, like all mm-hmm. the clothes are like spread out, like there was somebody in them. But then no. there's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> They're just empty. Two box been left behind. <laughs> Reminded me of the Rapture movies. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, <laughs> come from well, an extremely it. Christian background. There are these terrifying movies called Rapture movies. And it's like where they show like all the people who don't believe. Um who got left behind and all the believers get taken up in the sky. And so then there's always that scene where like cars are crashing because there's no one in there. Oh, and, yeah. Like, all that stuff behind. Anyways. I like yeah. that. I like that stuff. <laughs> you like it's that the stuff? the best part of Christianity. <laughs> the terrible rapture Yeah, movies. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the shit hits the fan. Let's go. Let's go. So they had, look, someone had a song like that? Yeah, it's like you've been left behind. Who sang that song? It's, in, it's like part of those rapture movies, <laughs> like because you make it sound so. <laughs> it's like a like sing songy, you know. It's like a children's song. <laughs> yeah, like it's like there's like a whole song. Oh, that's the only thing I remember wow. from like my terrible, terrible upbringing. This is a very musical episode. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> He returns to the shuttle, and Tressa again hugs him. But I guess this one, like, the reason why she hugs him, because she was, like, so scared. Um, But he has got bad news. He doesn't understand what happened. He's like, there was no Morak. He's like, but there were the kids weren't there either. He doesn't know what's happening, and (laughs) he can't give her explanation. He's like, but um, we better leave before night. So... That way he could, she could be safe until nighttime. So he tells her that he's she she's good enough to help him repair his shuttle. And it is a, it's a somewhat interesting dilemma for Tuvok specifically because he would be someone who would very much rely on his um, equipment. Yes. And the data that he has and all the data tells him that there's no such thing as a Morak. Yeah. And a Morak is a fairy tale, but something's taking the kids. So are fairy tales real? You know, like, yeah. how is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> And then on the bridge, uh, Tuvok manages to make contact with Voyager, and he tells Janeway he's been, basically runs down what's been going on. He's been avoiding the Draen search parties because Tressa says they want to kill her, um, and he tells her it's urgent that they get off the moon because something on the moon is taking the kids. And Janeway, um, but then his, his feed cuts out. Yeah. And then, so Janeway wants to talk to the Draen leader again. And opens up a comm link with her and offers to help the Dreans find their missing people on the moon. Also, um, 
But the Drayan leader says Voyager's intruded enough. You know, they'll take care of it. It's fine. She's not having it. No, because Voyager needs to leave because the moon is a sacred location for all the reasons that we've been talking about. Um, and Janeway's like, well, look, uh, she does not care about diplomacy. No, at this point. No, She's no. like, I'm sending a shuttle down there um, to get my guy. Like, <laughs> I need my guy back. And the Drayan leader says, well, if you do that, then we're going to send a shuttle to intercept you. And Janeway says, hey, we're, we're going to leave when my guy's back. And that's it. We're gonna do what we're gonna do. So she she doesn't care. Like she, this this isn't an episode where they go. Hmm. What right do we have to a <laughs> to a civilization's sacred moon, even if our person is missing because we're exploring? Uh, no, it's not that episode either. <laughs> it's not gonna say anything about that. Um. So then, uh, Janeway recruits Paris in order to pilot her on her rescue mission because. If you're going to have a pilot, you need Tom Paris. Yeah, that's that's the only reason he's there. Yes. Uh, Kim tells them, tells them that the Drayans use a special field uh, to take their shuttle down safely. Um, Paris can create a similar field in his shuttle. It's not going to be conducive to a pleasant trip, but Paris is up for the challenge because he course, always is. Yeah. He's like, we can do this. Uh, Jacote tells her, I can go instead of you. And Jane was like, no, if, if I, I have to be down there for diplomatic purposes, because if anyone's going to get out of this diplo- <laughs> diplomatically, it's going to be me. And I'm like, mm, someone needs to be a little more self-aware. Yeah, I know, because <laughs> no, it's, it's funny because she, like, we're totally, like, putting this on to Chicote, but Janeway tells Chicote that and then leaves. And then the last thing we see is Chicote like standing there. And yeah, he's got this weird, like... Well, then we're screwed. Like, <laughs> like, that's what we're putting in his mind is, like, you're the diplomatic, like, um, resolution to this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you had your chance. Yes. I know you suck. Like, I respect you, Catherine, but you suck at this. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> and uh, that's not... I, I'd rather go down, but... Yeah, I like how Star Trek always makes sure to, like, to, to put a lampshade on the idea of the captain of the ship going to the dangerous place yeah. when it's almost literally the Never first officer's like job, job to, to do, do that. that. Yeah. And Star Trek writers won't just leave that alone. They always address it yeah. every time. Yeah. Even though it always works out the same way, the captain has some ridiculous reason why they need to go down. But exactly. yeah. And then so in uh, Janeway's shuttle, she kind of... Paris is trying to go through the pre-flight routine and Janeway is like, yeah, nah, we're good. Let's go. And Paris is kind of impressed by it. You know, yes. and Janeway's like, sometimes you don't always have, have time for the pre-flight routine. And they smirk at each other. Now, here's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I feel so bad for Harry Kim because like, you can totally tell that Captain Janeway prefers and likes Tom Paris so much yeah. more than she prefers and likes Harry Kim. Yeah. Like, just their like little banter that they have and like the whole thing. It's very like, you know charming and you're like she would never have this conversation with harry kim no. ever and you're like poor harry kim because harry kim is a more solid person but tom paris i guess is a more likable person yeah like if, if it was if it was harry kim in the shuttle with her she would have been sort of condescending and would have been like we're skipping the pre-flight routine harry and harry kim would have been like well captain is that and she's like i said what i said or whatever yeah. <laughs> that's what she would do yeah, and you know me, like, we've talked about it recently even, and I can't remember why, but, like, it really uh, chaps my hide when, like, <laughs> the bad kid gets the attention, or the yeah. or just people who are just um, 
problematic, like, you know, buttholes pretty much. Not, I'm not talking about kids, because I, I think when we were talking about it, we were talking about adults. Yeah, yeah. And they were adults who act like buttholes, and they get all the attention, and everyone's constantly talking about them. And then you always have people who still want to, like, interact with those people, even though they know that they're buttholes. And then you got Harry Kim, who gets treated like dirt. You know, yeah. and like so that I kind of felt that with this too. It's like, oh, Janeway can have this cool relationship with Tom Paris, who is a known cad <laughs> <laughs> and causes problems on the ship. And I'm not talking about the the ruse that he was playing either. Just like generally, <laughs> like being, you know, having a bad attitude. Yeah. And uh, but Harry Cam like tries to do everything by the book, and he gets like dismissed. You yeah. Know? I don't like it. I don't like it, Janeway. Uh, that's funny. Um. Yeah, so then they they start to head down to the toward the the moon, and the uh, Drayan shuttle kind of swoops in behind them. So we're on the moon, and Tuvok also. It's so funny because he knew about the, the special field too. Like he didn't even need like a whole chip or like a couple of people like Blanc Torres. He just figured it out himself. I mean, he's like, and so that was going to help them avoid the crashing, and he begins to to attempt his takeoff. And here's where you kind of started to notice the bad the, the effects, CGI yeah. And, and we were, were we were so wondering, it total like conjecture, <laughs> like did they did they blow their wad on Deadlock because everything about Deadlock was damn near something that you'd watch in a movie theater if you yeah. ask me. Um, and then this episode comes on and oh, it looks like Playmation. a Power Rangers episode yeah. of, from no, the same it, era, like the the same type. <laughs> Um, effects, you know, the same... Like, even, like, uh, Janeway and Paris are in the shuttle, and the back... The, you look outside, and it's, like, stars, but it looks like bat, uh, like a black background with, like, little painted stars on it, and you're yeah, like, oh, that's so bad. Right, it doesn't... Yeah, it all looks sort of just, yeah, cheapo. And it looks... Well, to me, it looked very much like the original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like, even down to, like, when they saw... When you saw, like, the ship on the outside, you could tell there were little tiny toys and toy, yeah. string as it was flying. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ah, and I don't this? know what all goes into that and how uh-huh. it ends up looking that way. I don't know if, like, it also could have to do with, like, the resolution of the camera that you're using at the time or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's noticeable. Yeah, the and, whole thing was noticeable. Like, also, it was, like, more noticeable. Like, I hadn't seen bad things like that in all of it. Because mm-hmm. it really did look like, to me, it looked like the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Special effects from the 1960s. So, like, they didn't have any money left and, like, Deadlock <laughs> should have been their last <laughs> their last episode. Yeah. But instead, we got this one and they're like, well, we'll just use little toys. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And you're like, I guess it's fine, you know? Even to where, like, um, like, if we're right, then there's more evidence for it because even the makeup on these characters... Um, they basically like, like, so the children slash old people, like they're humans, except that they have like this crust, like painted onto their, like a widow's peak of like, of like crustiness. Yeah. So they don't even get like a full, like, uh, nose bridge prosthetic kind of a thing or, or the brow. It's just kind of just like, uh, like sloppily painted on little head crust. Yeah. And then the other people, they have the veils, which look pretty cool, but then they have, like, smaller head crests, which I guess would be the clue that, like, you your head crest gets bigger as you get older. older. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so even the, like, makeup budget is, like, kind of out the window for this episode, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now Janeway, uh, she detects Tuvok's shuttle as it's kind of trying to take off. But it's having a hard time taking off, and then the Drayan search party is approaching them. So she can see all this on her 
um, on her computer screen, I guess. Yes. So then we're back on the moon, and Tressa sees the search party coming, and she's like just really going after Tuvok to to fix it, to hurry. We need to go. We need to take off, and we need to take off, and it works. Um, and they take off. They start taking off. The Dran leader makes contact with Tuvok and demands that Tressa returns. Now here's the thing: instead of just like explaining to Tuvok real quick what's happening, she's just demanding, and you're like, you just escalated that situation, and you didn't have to. Again, like bad leadership. Like yeah, like, like just explain it. Like it's not that weird. Who cares? Like you know, right? Um, and she tries to talk to Tressa. Tressa, and like you could see that like Tressa's kind of manipulating Tuvok or not meaning to manipulate him, but manipulating him because she's like Tressa's like I'm not going back because you want to kill me, and like but like the lead the leader still not doesn't care, and so she's going to like blame Tuvok but it's not Tuvok's fault that he stumbled into this you know what I mean yeah and like she knows better so if she just explain it to him right because it's like, nothing nefarious and it's, nothing it's a like, peaceful yeah. death that everyone in their society gets yeah like, it's not a, it's, it's not it's not like that episode of Strange New Worlds where oh, like that, that episode terrible. really did a good job of like they did a good job like, these kids are going to be part of this ritual and and Captain Pike doesn't exactly know what the ritual is, but he's, you know, curious about it until you get to all the way to the point where you find out. You they're know, sacrificing. Oh, okay. They're Spoilers for Strange New Worlds. They're, they use the kids. Um, as they, basically as a, fuel? Sort yeah, of? They, yeah. Yeah. They sacrifice children for fuel. And like that episode also reminded me of, of the original Star Trek. But I wanted him. I wanted Captain Pike to be like Captain Kirk. Where he literally like punches everybody out. And sticks <laughs> the kid. And like yeah. the planet blows up. And he's like, I don't care about you. <laughs> Bam. But is but, Captain Pike was like. Um, I don't whimster. even know if they're calling it the he prime was, directive at that point. But it's the prime directive. He was a whimster. Yeah. And I was, was like, like, it made mm. me long for Captain Kirk. Yeah. I was like, Captain Kirk would have stood for this. Yeah, it would have been a two-part episode and Captain Kirk would have gone down and beat the hell out of everybody. Or maybe not even a two-part episode. It would have taken him three minutes to get to phase everyone in the in the room, <laughs> rescue Take the, the kid. kid. And the planet blows up and yeah. who cares? Like, that's what I wanted. That, that's yeah. where, like, you realize you're like, oh man, I guess I'm not very enlightened No, that is what I wanted. <laughs> like, I always, like, make fun of Captain Kirk because, like, he always makes the terrible choices. But at the same time, like, I guess I appreciate as you get older, you're like, you know what? We got to save the kids. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, but no, but it, but at least it, I'm going to bring that one up because it made sense why yeah. they wouldn't be super forthcoming with Pike or doing. Starfleet yeah. about what was going on or the Federation. But in this one, the only reason that they never mention it is because then we wouldn't have an episode. Yeah. If she had just immediately said... Um, we don't like anyone being around this moon because the moon is where we um, send our elderly to die yeah, a peaceful yeah. death. Janeway totally would have understood that yes. and been like, we got to go. Like, yeah. give us a, let us get our guy down because we want to yeah. respect your thing. But instead, she never says that, well, even though there's no reason not to say it. And yeah. then it just makes everything worse. And it puts Tupac in this weird position because he's listening and he, he believes his instincts about what the kids are telling him. Yeah, it makes sense to him. He has no idea either. If yeah, the minute that if Janeway had contacted him because the Drayans told her, then she Janeway would have said, "Hey, we you need to get off the moon because it's sacred because of this." Mm-hmm. Tuvok would have understood. Yeah. He would have been like, "Oh, you little scamps, you made me think you're a kid." Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. So yeah. anyway, but that's where, I, and I hate to say it, 
because I couldn't do any better myself, but it's bad writing, right? Yeah. Or it's not even bad writing. It's like manipulative writing, writing because, yeah. again, you have to have an episode. Yeah. And you wouldn't have an episode if people were just um, forthcoming about everything that was going on, but there's no reason why they wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. And in Janeway's shuttle, um, she tells Tuvok that they're on the way to try to get him. They're going to try to beam him out once they're close enough. Uh, Tuvok says well, there might not be enough time to, to meet up because uh, the Drayans are attacking him. Um, so Janeway mm-hmm. says, well, then go back down to the surface and then she'll meet up with him. So that, that's also another one of those things where it's like, well, then why did they take off in the first place? Like, yeah, they, so we can see the bad effect in the bad, like, little like, yeah, animation. That was the first effect leave. that you noticed. And it was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, where, where Tuvok's shuttle takes off and, and yeah, flies ooh, off. I don't know what the, that is, but that is not a shuttle. Like, it didn't look like a roundabout. It didn't look like cool. Like, yeah. Anything. It looked bad. It, looked like, it was from the 1970s. Star Trek. Right, yeah. And that was or nineteen seventies Star Wars. Yeah. Like, vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Kind of choppy and like chunky, as it went. And chunky and like brown. And you're like, I don't why is why is their shuttlecraft brown? And they didn't really have to show it because they're no. doing a lot of telling and not showing anyway, Anyways, which I totally yeah. get and I'm I'm totally fine with it even, but like Tressa tells us that a scouting team is coming. Yeah. And Janeway tells us that she can see Tuvok trying to get his ship up off the ground. So it's like, if Tuvok just said like, and I have achieved flight. Yeah. Okay, okay, very good. The kind of the background behind them changes a little. And it's like, I'd rather do that than put a bad effect in there. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't. No. So anyway, so we're back on the moon and nightfall is approaching and the Drayans come um, and they're like, give me test Tressa. And and, uh, Tuvok's like, I'm going to protect Tressa. And then... Janeway and Paris meet up with Tuvok. And Janeway tells the leader that, no, we're going to sit and protect the Tressa. But then the leader says, well, you don't understand. It's like, yeah, because nobody's told them. They just, I mean, it's their fault. They walked into like, but it's hard because they're in the Delta Quadrant. They're just going to always be walking into these situations where they know nothing is happening. Yeah. Literally nothing is, that's happening yeah. around them. And they're just trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. Um, so this is where, like, they need you, the supposed diplomatic leader, to explain to them right. what is happening. So this is where we finally get, like, some decent um, explanation of what's happening. The leader says, Tressa has reached the end of her life. And they're like, but she's still a child. And they're like, she's 96 years old. And you're like, well, all right. Yep, episode's and over then, now. Um, we could have said that 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And so apparently all uh, the Drans have the Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> And they're like, nobody understands. It's like, well, I mean, that was pretty easy to understand. And Janeway and everyone else were like, oh, okay, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, not that hard and to we're understand. Happy to leave now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, this cave on this moon is where they think, like, they're the Drayan's life, life uh, force, I guess, comes from. And so they all feel compelled to come back to this moon, to this very specific cave, um, to then, like, disappear into, like, the circle of energy. Yeah. You know? I do like that idea. That's good writing. Where, yeah. like, yeah, you... you. This is where everyone acknowledges that our life started. And we all go back to where we began. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. It's like, symbolically, it's cool. But also, it's like, they're... They're like this instinct to, to go back, there. Yeah. And that's why the, the kids woke up in the middle of the night. Even though they so badly didn't want to go to the Morak. 
Yeah, they, they did. Ev- they end up being compelled to do it. Yeah, they and that's why Tuvok didn't sense anything or anyone having come because they just got up and walked to and the did it on their own. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I guess like but as they get older, the the Drans like you know they become perfect innocence, and I'm like I don't know if this is perfect innocence, but whatever. But they get like confused and everything, and that's why they have the attendant. So they were never supposed to be alone on the planet. They're supposed to have someone that helped them. Yeah. And then Tressa does stand up for Tuvok and's like, well, no, Tuvok did it. He Tuvok was our attendant, even though he didn't realize that's what he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um. She still doesn't want to die, um, but the Drayans don't have the ability to stop death's natural process. And Tuvok was really good because he got down um, on like down on her level and was like, "Even if I could stop it, I wouldn't want to stop it because like this, you you're supposed to honor, you know." Do yeah, and- the Vulcans believe that you know it's a, it's it's just a ritual that has to happen, and yeah, yeah. So and then so then Tressa begs Tuvok. To help, um, to stay with her and be her attendant. And then the leader is all soft and she's like, oh, well, I didn't realize that you guys were good people. (laughs) (laughs) I would have realized it immediately if I wasn't withholding information from you needlessly. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and then she tells Tuvok that he performed his attendant duties well. And you're like, I don't know, based upon what this kid told you? I don't know. (laughs) Sure, why not? And then then Janeway apologized for any misunderstanding and hopes they can be friends with the Dreyans. And I, like, sincerely hope that, like, off screen, they get that polyurethane. (laughs) (laughs) So at least there's some point to this episode. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I hope. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he's gonna he's going to he's going to stay and perform the attendant duties for Tressa. And then again, Tressa becomes like almost like an old person, like yeah. how she should have been originally. She basically that's that's what I was kind of saying before. It's like is she just like bringing down the the veil now of like her ruse, or did the I think it's more like the leader. What the leader said kind of like sparked her memory, memory of like what's yeah. what's oh, actually going, going on because she might be like, um, what do you call it? like have dementia or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then Tuvok and her hold hands and walk into the cave. She said that Tuvok reminds her of her her, her grandchild. Right? I know. I thought that was stupid, so I didn't say it. <laughs> Hey, I tried to avoid talking about this whole episode. You're the one that got us back on the right track, so you have to include every little detail, stupid or not. So what did you think about this episode, Angelina? Um, I thought it was a, a the original Star Trek episode that like somehow didn't get done in the 1960s <laughs> and they decided to bring it back into the 90s put it on voyager and then it is an homage decided to like do all of the special effects in like the style of the 1960s <laughs> <laughs> i like that theory yeah because we know i mean we've heard of them like basically kind of doing TNG scripts that were sort of laying around and you could, you know, repurpose scripts that were sent in, you know, unsolicited and things like that. But yeah, the idea that there was a original series script laying around for 30 years, (laughs) they blew the dust off it. (laughs) Here we go. It was supposed to be um, a little Clint Howard in the role of Tressa. But we can make it work now. Yeah, be fine. <laughs> yeah, go find that kid from Full House. 
Um, I mean, yeah, that's what it, that's what it felt like to me. It felt like uh, original series, you know, Star Trek. Um, other than that, it was not good. <laughs> I did not like it. Do you want to expand on why it was not good or? Well, I think we explained why oh, okay. it was not good through the whole thing. And, um, again, like, you guess you think like the juxtaposition of Tuvok and children, but I think Tuvok's just so wise. And he's just so good. And again, he was a father. So it's like the juxtaposition isn't there. No, they you know? they they they, uh, they lost the opportunity to tell that story back when he was like, I have raised my kids successfully. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with all kids. Yeah. I and, know kids. Uh, I get kids. <laughs> and yeah, like, again, the leader stuff, like, again, it was all a big misunderstanding. And like, I hate when things are a big misunderstanding because of bad and faulty communication. You know? Yeah. And that bothers me. And again, it wasn't anything on Voyager's part. It was the leader. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, there wasn't a lot going on. It was, again, we literally recounted another Star Trek show in the middle of telling this podcast. That's how much, like, there was nothing <laughs> show in that this was, episode. Yeah, similar, but way better. Yeah. <laughs> there was no point to the guy's death. Um, so, overall, <laughs> I guess I give it, um, I give it a C. It's like a It's not bad. It's not like the cloud. It's like, it's not good. Um, it was just a blah episode that I would never want to watch again. Yeah, that's the key, is I wouldn't want to watch, because I didn't want to watch it again this time. No, I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, I give it a 75%. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and it was everything we talked about. Like, the, the, the problem to me with it is just, I don't know that it ever set out to, like, say anything. And I hope that doesn't sound, like, pretentious that, like, oh, all art must say something. But it should. It no, basically it should. should. I don't know. I mean, Deadlock, honestly, at the end of it, didn't, eh, it said some stuff. I mean, it was just a really cool, fun, exciting episode. Yeah, it was fun. It didn't yeah. say anything. That it, you know, it didn't have like a like a wise lesson at the end of it. No, but it was entertaining. And like, so this one didn't say anything, but it's also not entertaining. Right. You know, you're also asking a lot of child actors, and you're asking a lot of the audience when you bring in child actors. Yeah. Because they're just not as good as the adult actors, yeah, and it's true. noticeable. Yeah. Um. And so that it's got that going against it. Um, yeah, it, events just kind of led into other events, and they didn't really ever lead anywhere. Yeah. And then, like you say, then it all turns out that it all could have been avoided anyway if they had just told them that this is a moon is essentially a cemetery or something, you know, a hospice like area, and you need you need to treat it with respect. And they didn't say that, so then we have an episode of people just doing clumsy things. And I will say that, like, you said it wasn't Voyager's fault, and that's true, but they did act pretty, like, clumsily. Right. And they only acted clumsily because you had to get to the next scene. Like, it needed to have things happen. Oh, they did bring up an interesting question that I ended up having. And that was, okay, so we say that, like, Janeway, and she isn't a very good diplomat, isn't a good diplomat, but, like... Is, do you think Star, like, do you think the the captains on in Starfleet are necessarily good diplomats? Um, or is it because they're, they're under the Starfleet, the, um, like, Federation, banner. they're under the Federation banner, so there's, like, a lot 
going on with them. So they, they seem like better diplomats than they are. Right. They come in with the weight of, of this established uh, authority the behind them. Yeah. yeah, I think you're I think you're onto <laughs> something there, yeah. And versus it's Janeway walking around by herself. Tr- yeah, doing the best to throw her weight around, but she doesn't have any weight. Right. Yeah, no, I think I think you're definitely onto something there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's Tell us what you think. Uh, email us at displacedinspacepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Do, do, yeah. The individual captains, are they just better than Janeway? Or at the, diplomacy. Yeah, diplomacy, yeah. Or, or Do they have the weight of the Federation behind them? So, so they can they say can pretty mediate, much anything. Yeah, yeah. They can mediate and be diplomatic in a way that Janeway can't. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that idea. And it... And it pays respect to Janeway, but I, but just the way that she just generally ends up in yeah. these situations always makes her look bad. Yeah. yeah, when it comes to diplomacy. Yes. Um, I you brought up an interesting point toward uh, about how like Tressa said that Tuvok was a good attendant, and then the leader said, "Yeah, you're a good, you were a good attendant to these children, and you saw them." I think the episode would have been pretty, like, could have been even poignant. If it took that approach and we spent way more time with Tuvok and these kids and less time with um, Janeway and the Dran leader, like <laughs> fighting it yeah, out, stepping on each other's toes for no reason. And you find out through the course of the episode, not because the Dran leader says Tressa's 96 years old, but you find out through the course of the episode that Tuvok isn't giving these children like guidance to help them in life he's giving them guidance to help them as they die oh, yeah. and you could ask and answer a lot of questions about that idea just just on a human level for the audience yeah how, how much of our life is just um preparing for when we're not here anymore yeah. what matters versus what doesn't matter if we're only here for a finite amount of time like all of that stuff you could talk about you know right and how and how how similar are those things right you know are you mm-hmm. always do you, are you always preparing like or, or are you always bettering yourself even when you're 96 years old Oh, like that thing like I said. The, the 110 year old man in Australia. I think he's the oldest man in, in Australia. Australia. Yeah. And he knits sweaters for penguins who are hurt. And you're like, oh my God, that's so cute. Yeah. So that's a perfect example. Like, so because he wants to feel purposeful, he wants yeah. to contribute to society in some way, right. but he's 110 years old, but he can still do this for the these for penguins. Yeah. <laughs> he still so is, has an impact, a, a positive impact on the world world yeah. and that would be maybe what here i am just writing a different episode <laughs> but so that would be what tuvok would sort of once he realizes you know roughly 70 percent into the episode that um these are actually old people and not children does he change his approach or is it still important for these old people to learn you know, to gain wisdom, to gain knowledge, to even though they're going to be dead tomorrow, yeah. you know, they're going mm-hmm. to the Morak tonight. Right. And then, yeah, how do you prepare for that? Like, I know how to teach a child to be, not to be scared. I did it with my own children. Uh, what about an old person who's lived their whole life? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, that would have been, I think that would have been a much better episode, but it's easy for me to say because Lisa Klink and Anthony Williams already did the hard work of writing this episode. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I don't mean that like in a, in an insulting way. I mean, they, 
this was what they came up with, you know, and it got aired. And that's that's the meat that now I'm like able to season. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone else could too. Like not just me, anyone watching the episode could see take take this and turn it into something better. Yeah. I feel like you could anyway. So um But we this is the episode we got and all the reasons you said it's so it's not fantastic. And I also would give it a I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go C minus. Ooh, C minus. Yeah, okay. C minus. <laughs> Tell us what you think on Twitter using the hashtag Displaced in Space. Our Twitter handle is at DisplacedCast. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Displaced in Space Podcast, or email us at Displaced in Space Podcast at gmail.com. All of this and more can be found on our website, DisplacedInSpace.com. And if you'd like to make the podcast better and stronger, the site also has links to Venmo and PayPal. And finally, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening, and tell a friend. And until next time, podcast podcast out. out!